Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Calvin Chamberlain is there. Hello, Calvin. Hello, Shay. What up? What is up? Well, we're back. That's that's number one. We're here. And uh, number two is that CLNS Radio is giving away more Celtics tickets. So that's pretty exciting. That's fun. For a few more days, you get to enter this contest. We already gave some away to the Clippers game, which was an awesome game. Hopefully this will be a good game too. It's Thursday, February 25th against the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's brought to you by Celtics Beat. The wonderful LHR is heading this thing. So follow at CLNS, CLNS underscore LHR on Twitter for this contest. That's right. We're, we're pumping up Larry H. Russell now, Calvin. If you want to win these tickets, follow at CLNS Radio underscore LHR on Twitter. And just like last time, He's going to pick one random follower and announce it on the February 21st edition of Celtics Beat right here on CLNS Radio. So if you want to win the tickets to the Celtics against the Bucks on Thursday, February 25th at TD Garden, getting towards the end of the regular season, go follow at CLNS underscore LHR on Twitter, and you'll be entered to win him. Uh, Calvin. There's a lot to talk about tonight, and I, my voice is not uh, what I would like it to be. I'm a little stuffed up. Well, we'll try to we'll try to uh, limit the length of our show then, maybe for you, make you feel better. You know? Oh, that's sweet. I'll get you really a, sweet of you. Yeah, I'll get you a warm glass of tea with some honey in it. You know what? I have been drinking uh, honey powder with vitamins, vitamin A and B and etc. in it, and. Uh, um, with with some hot water and it's been excellent. Check it out. I don't enjoy honey. Do you don't that? enjoy honey. No, it's not good. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where, where to go with that. Hmm. Ah, you can make a weed a poo reference if you like. It's it's nature's sugar. I mean, you just whatever. Um. 
what's you just you just told me what's first, so now I don't remember what's first. Oh yeah, of course, the NBA just had a wonderful All Star weekend. Happy Valentine's Day, Calvin. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, did you watch all of the festivities? Unfortunately, I missed the uh, celebrity game and everything else on Friday night. I forgot to DVR it. I wasn't around. My mistake. We, you busy making sweet love to your lady? Valentine's Day. No. That was Friday night I'm talking about. Well, you know, a little pre-Valentine's Day sweet love? No? Uh, I was, I, I went to see Deadpool. All right, that's another form of love, I suppose. All right, see, see yeah, yeah. So, All-Star Saturday was, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun, man. I think it was one of the more entertaining ones in a while. Um they got rid of the shooting stars competition that nobody cares about except to see if Chris Botch will win again, right? Um, yeah, and that's too bad. That's really too bad about Chris Bosch. If he has another blood clot, like is being reported, that's a very sad situation. We're not going to get into that tonight, but I figured I'd throw that out there. That would definitely be an unfortunate situation, but um, we don't have all the info on that, so I chose not to talk about it this week. Um in any case, yeah, so Saturday night was good. The skills competition uh, had, you know, big men involved for the first time ever, and a big man actually won, which was pretty awesome. Carl Anthony Towns drained his two threes. Um, I'd like to see a few more obstacles thrown into the skills competition. Can I just say that? I, I really I really feel like they can American well, gladiators. Well, I, I think actually I, I'm gonna, about to give Reggie Miller credit for something here, even though I don't think he was trying to – suggest this uh he was making a joke because the guys were fumbling the ball and having a hard time getting around those stanchions but he was saying are these things moving are they moving statues and i think that that would be a good addition make those things move a little bit put them on a little conveyor belt why not yeah that's a good idea maybe have like like a robot arm like floating around trying to block the shot Something like just back and forth, or it has a different pattern. It stops and like goes back. Yeah. And, or maybe some, or maybe somebody's even controlling it from a booth somewhere. Shaq can control yeah. it instead of being a judge. Well, you just get someone who's actually in the NBA, but but like a very poor defender. Like the NBA's worst defender, put them in that situation, and, and the person just has to come around them. Interesting. Interesting that. twist. I think. I think that you can make some improvements to that, to that event, but uh, it's it, it's definitely fun. It was still fun, way. yeah, it, yeah. Three point contest. Uh, you know, it, it featured arguably uh, the two greatest shooters in NBA history. Man. Uh, you, you know, in a in a in a duel that you know was was really awesome. Came down to the to the wire. And uh, Clay Thompson nailed it, man, to steal the trophy away. Oh, Clay Thompson! I thought I thought you were talking about Draymond Green and Kevin Hart. Uh, I did not see that one, unfortunately. <laughs> but I, I did see that. It was it was ridiculous. Um, I don't like Kevin Hart. I don't think they aired that on television, did they? No. Because I was watching yeah, the I online feed. And I saw I it. I saw it online. That TNT did a did a pretty cool thing online, um, where instead of you, we get the audio from the actual TNT broadcast, but instead of the video from that broadcast, it was four different cameras set up around the arena. Uh, one pointed at the bench, sort of getting reaction shots. One uh, pointed at the hoop from 
a one end of the court, one sort of in the crowd pointed at the hoop, uh, and then another one off in, in, in a different corner. So it was pretty cool to see all the, all the different angles, even though you weren't getting the, uh, the audio feed or you weren't getting the actual video feed from TNT. Also happened to catch the feed of the supposed slam dunk contest between little Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony. I did not see that. I missed that. You're behind the times, man. <laughs> okay. You got a new phone today? How about that? That's exciting. Um, what did you think of the actual dunk contest? I thought it was great. Um, you know, people are calling it the best dunk contest of all time. I would push back on that, not because Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine weren't great, but for two reasons. One, the other two guys were terrible. Okay, problem one, right? Problem two is that, like, as good as their dunks were, it's just never going to mean as much as uh, MJ versus Dominique because that rivalry sort of extended over to them as basketball players. You know what I mean? Like, there was there was an extra element of, like, something personal between two yeah, all-star Yeah, but you could, say that, you could say that about the, whole, about the whole league right now. You could say that the the personal vendetta that or vendettas that players used to have against each other, that edge is worn off the league right now. It's, it's sort of like, yeah, everybody wants to win, and there are some teams that are looked at as rivals, and even some players probably have some rivalries, but – that edge has has certainly worn off. So you could say that about the whole league. You can, but I'm just saying, like, if, if the slam dunk contest, you know, hypothetically came down to guys who who could have a who could, you know, have some sort of basketball. If the if the slam dunk contest was, was Draymond versus Kawhi, you it wouldn't the, the dunks themselves wouldn't be as good, right? But wouldn't you be more excited for a Draymond versus Kawhi slam dunk contest because it would sort of it would sort of carry over to the rivalry that actually exists in the NBA between teams? Definitely, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Is that Definitely, or or like even, or even like Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You saw guys dunking in the All Star game right. going all over the place. These guys can dunk. Get them out on the dunk contest, you know. Or or here's another twist. Since we're talking about twists and things like that, what if did you see this kid, this professional, not kid, this dunker? who was wearing jeans and did a, a no-look dunk at, during oh, uh, one yeah. of the quarter yeah, breaks. What if, you, what if you throw some non-NBA players that can just do great things as far as dunks are concerned, like that guy, into the mix and see if, if an average person can pull off something better than an NBA player can? That would be interesting to me. Yeah, the problem with that is is I already saw on Pardon the, the Interruption uh, – Kornheiser and Wilbon were debating the idea that the dunk contest might might be getting too dangerous. If you throw in these amateurs, then especially with that dunk that that guy did, people are going to be talking about it. I, I it looked like he like threw his own shoulder completely out when he when he did that dunk. I feel like uh, if you have to compete with a dude like that, uh, <laughs> that's all we're going to hear about is how dangerous the dunk contest is. I don't see how it's dangerous now. I mean, what they don't like guys going up and coming down like that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, or they think they're going to hit their head or something. Like, right? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, is that, is that the argument? Because I don't, I, I don't buy That's it. the argument. Yeah, yeah. He's leaping as high as you can towards the stationary object and like throwing your body out of whack, maybe right going up to your legs or you know jumping sideways over a giant mascot. 
I can I can see the argument about how potentially that's dangerous. Since nobody's ever gotten hurt in a dunk contest, I don't see why this is a problem that we need to talk about. Right, and these guys are practicing it. I mean, it's it's no different yeah. than in the regular dunks that they're doing in practice or, or like the pickup games that they're playing on the side or anything like that. If they're going hard and they're practicing, I mean, I just don't understand. It, it's, it seems to be the same thing. That's actually a great point because uh, it, it's not like I think people see the dunks in the slam dunk contest and, and obviously intellectually you realize that, yeah, they probably spent hours working on this and, you know, coming up with ideas and making sure that they can try to, they, they can actually pull it off. So when they, but when they do it, your brain still sort of feels like this is the first time this guy's trying this, oh, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's, sure. Oh, yeah, I, obviously it's not actually that dangerous, again, because, uh, you know, the, the worst thing that ever happens is just to think. So, I mean, the only argument you could say is that those guys the other night, uh, Gordon and Levine, didn't, they didn't necessarily plan for those last couple of dunks, right? You can't plan for a, a triple overtime or whatever it ended up being as far as the dunk off was concerned. So maybe maybe they had to pull out some dunks out of their bag of tricks that they didn't think they were going to have to use. Maybe they didn't practice it as much. But either way, the the general idea of a dunk contest, they're practicing this these entire things. So if you're going to try and, try and eliminate that, then, I mean, just, just eliminate everything. Eliminate the skills challenge because these guys are running up and down the court. Eliminate the entire All-Star weekend. Get rid of the game in in and of itself. Just get rid of the whole thing. I don't understand the point if people are going to make that argument about injuries and things like that because these guys are professionals and they practice this stuff. So it's not it's not like they're just going out there and doing something they're not comfortable doing. Yeah. Well, you know, why don't we get rid of anything where there's a chance anybody could get hurt? Let's eliminate cars. Seriously, what is this country coming to? Yeah. Kornheiser and Wilbon, man. Carcinogens and food. Let's let's eliminate eating. Let's eliminate breathing, for that matter. There's stuff in in the atmosphere that's bad for you. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Let us enjoy. Let us enjoy. It's fun. Maybe get some bigger names in there, but I don't know. It is. I mean, I do understand that they probably need some younger guys because the older guys don't want to risk it with their legs and things like that. And I just that makes that makes sense. But still, you could you could get an Anthony Davis in there, I, although he's injury prone anyway. So maybe that's a bad example. But he was dunking in the All Star game. Yeah, he definitely was dunking in that All Star game. Huh. All, right. All right. Well, speaking of the All Star game. Most most yeah. points in in an All Star game ever. Uh, were you impressed by that at all? Uh, I mean, I, I it's, it's sort of a, I've sort of felt a weird combination of impressed and embarrassed simultaneously. Yeah. Right, like it was certainly an impressive offensive display, but I also feel like I didn't see anyone attempt to play even an iota defense save. Well, the Andre Drummond did, and then he got booed by the fans, and then he realized very quickly that you don't play defense in this game. I will say this. If you, this is what the game really made me think about. If you combined uh, the starting, the the all-stars of the Warriors and Oklahoma City, would you have the greatest team in NBA history? Probably. I mean, that's what's so so scary about the fact that Kevin Durant might be, might 
walk to Golden State and get signed with them next year. And, and they have the cap space to do it. That's what's so scary about that. Four out of the five of those guys on the same team, that's that's really something else. Five out of the five would just be, I don't know. I don't know if you could argue any other team in NBA history would have a better starting five. Yeah, I just saw some of the – it's just funny to see, like, all that – all the offensive firepower out there on the court. And, you know, like, again, it's not it's not completely impressive because guys weren't playing defense. But but the shot-making and the shot-taking, Paul George, what do you go, 13 out of 14? It's just draining shots. Yeah, uh, he had, like, 41 points, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Russell Westbrook destroying everybody. Yeah, it – it's a lot of fun. Do I, is it basketball? No, not really. But, you know, go West. Fly, <laughs> go fly West. My, my flag for the West, yeah. I'm, I'm West side. I'm, I'm I'm bending my fingers into a W as we speak. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to fly my flag for CLNS Radio then. So follow CLNS Radio on Twitter at CLNS Radio or go to Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and check us out over there. And uh, finally... Uh, I'm going to download the CLNS Radio mobile app for my new Android phone. Are you kidding me? Woohoo! It's free, so that's why I'm downloading it. You can get it for iOS as well. Search for CLNS Radio in your app marketplace. Uh, and finally, I forgot to mention that today's episode of Careless Whispers is powered by Lynda.com. Lynda.com is used by millions of people around the world, and all of their self-help courses are taught by experts. New courses are added to the site every week. Claim your free trial membership to lynda.com today by going to www.lynda.com slash CLNS. That's lynda with a Y dot com slash CLNS. Uh, our call lines, I guess, if anybody's listening and wants to call in. I didn't really shout it out on Twitter too much, so who knows if Mad Dog's listening or... Ty Ray, he, he he did notice my tweet. If he's listening, Ty, please give us a call. We're about to talk NBA trade trade deadline. How about that? That would be fun if he called in right now, huh? The call lines are 323-642-1484, and they are sponsored by Audible. And I'll tell you a little bit more about Audible if we do get a caller, or even if we don't. Um Again, three two three six four two one four eight four. Okay, Calvin, it's trade deadline time. It's the week of it uh, of the deadline. Two days from now, uh, a trade has already gone down in the NBA today. Brandon Jennings is headed to the Orlando Magic with uh, Ersan Ilyasova in return for Tobias Harris. So I don't know if you care to talk about that quickly or not. Oh, I care um, to talk about it. Oh boy, here then, please by all means. The only, thing I, the only thing I like more than NBA trade talks are actual NBA trades. All right. Yeah. I don't know about you, Ray. It's just, uh, based on the, the brief preliminary conversation we had, uh, it sounds like you you are liking this trade for the Magic. I am. I think it's good for both for the, both teams. Personally, but go, give your reasons first, and I'll and I'll jump in. Okay. Well, first of all, Brandon Jennings on the Pistons was a problem, right? Uh, for Reggie yes, Jackson, an insecure basketball player, uh, <laughs> clearly he and Jennings, they not only could they not play well together, but like when Brandon Jennings was, you know, playing, 
essentially the Pistons were worse while he was healthy. When he was out, they were, they were a better team because, you know, he yeah, he and Reggie Jackson just sort of uh, compete for minutes. He, Reggie Jackson feels the pressure. Brandon Jennings tries too hard, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and you know what? They they even tried to play them on the court at the same time, and it just w- wasn't working And because yeah. Jennings would just be the ball hog that he is, and he would take over. Yeah, and neither of them play particularly good defense, so you can't really – you know, have your entire backcourt be that bad defensively. So, uh, it makes, getting rid of him makes total sense to me for the Pistons. Uh, you know, Ilyasova is a sort of jack of all trades, but you know who else is a jack of all trades? Tobias Harris. And, he's, and you know what else? He's younger. He's, and he's, he's better. Like, yeah, he's younger and he's better. That's, that's what it comes down to. Look, I hate to be the, um, the like, person who starts off every sentence about the NPA with, uh, well, the direction that the league is heading, guy. You know that okay, guy? Okay, well, you're going to be that guy. But I am going to be that guy. You know, when some, whenever, tip, here's a tip. Whenever somebody says, I hate to do something, they're just going to do it. Be prepared, right. be prepared for them to do it. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm being that guy. Tobias Harris makes, makes perfect sense as either a swing man three or even a small ball power forward in a lot of situations. He fits in, like, in my opinion, the, the Pistons like lack most is what they lack most is that sort of position, swingman. I know Ilyasova is kind of like that, but he's slower. But like Tobias Harris, a little better defensively, younger, and he can still sort of grow into something else. I I love this deal. Brandon Jennings, who we're going to get rid of after this season anyway. So what are we talking about? You're getting younger and you're getting better. Uh, I agree. I totally agree. But I also like this deal for Orlando because. I think Scott Skiles, as a coach, likes veterans, and I think that they do have a – they had a, a lot of young players on their team, and these two guys coming in are, are going to give them a little bit more balance in the locker room. And it's not going to make them good right now, but it might make these other players that ha- haven't really been around the league that long um, better. And who knows, maybe Scott Skiles uh, can actually get Jennings to, to teach Alfred Payton a thing or two because he's having a tough year down there, so – I, I think Jennings is going to command some minutes right right away, and it'll be up to Peyton to uh, step up and tr- take those minutes back. And we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out, because I know you disagree that Skiles will be able to just do that right away. But uh, I think if Jennings looks good in practice uh, at the, and he plays well on the court in whatever minutes he gets, then he will earn those minutes quickly. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him be the starting point guard for the Magic with uh, with Peyton coming off the bench very soon. Uh, you know, the the Magic have the problem, it's always going to be the problem, of they just can't play Peyton and all the deep. I mean, they, they try to, but you can't play Peyton and all the depot together. They, they're just not enough shooting on the floor between those two. And there's, there's athleticism. Brandon right. Jennings, yes, is more, he's more of an actual point guard than Peyton. And, he, you know, he's... Peyton's closer to like a um, uh, why can't I, what's, what's, what's my brain right now? A Patrick Beverly type, you know, a point guard. Mm-hmm. But I, I I think that um, if you're going, I don't know, if you're going to make this move and you think that you're going to keep Jennings long term, which I'm not convinced that they are. Again, it's going to be a free agent. No, I'm not convinced think, of that either. Yeah, but but if they if they're interested in that, then maybe they should turn around and and see what they can get for Peyton before the deadline. All right, Calvin, so, another deal has gone down. I don't know if you know about this one, though. Throw it at me. The, it's a three-way deal. The Hornets have gotten Courtney Lee, uh, and they're sending P.J. Harrison 
and uh, PJ Harrison to Memphis, Brian Roberts to Miami, and Miami is sending Chris Anderson and two second-round picks to the Grizzlies. Uh, this is basically the Grizzlies giving up on their season. Miami pretty much doing nothing, uh, and Charlotte getting a player in Courtney Lee. They are currently in eighth place at the All-Star break in the Eastern Conference. I'm not so sure that Courtney Lee is the type of player that makes them any better. I'm not, I don't know really what they're thinking here. Uh, he's, he is a good player. He's been around a while, um, but I just I'm not so sure if he's that much of an upgrade from PJ Hairston. Uh, I guess perhaps he is, and they they're banking on that. But do you think that Courtney Lee makes Charlotte that much better? I, I think Detroit still has a leg up on them uh, in in this race for the eighth spot or even higher. Uh, Courtney Lee is actually a player that I love. I loved, I liked him a lot in Boston. I thought he got, uh, really got the shaft in terms of playing time. He, he was all of a sudden on the end of the bench for essentially no reason. Remember, he had issues with Doc. Uh, mm-hmm. And we still haven't really completely found out what they were, right? But there was some sort of personal issue going on with him and Doc Rivers. But he was one of the best wingmen on the team at the time. Uh, right. He's, you know, been the best... I think he's been better than Jeff Green in in Memphis as an offensive uh, offensive player off the bench and a guy who's you know will give you a little more defense. So I like Courtney Lee. Rumors are that Charlotte is trying to make another big move to uh, you know try to try to get some sort of star, and the Courtney Lee move is like the first move in uh, Charlotte sort of trying to to leap up those Eastern Conference standings. In a vacuum, you're right. This move makes little sense. Uh, or the Hornets acquiring him and his contract, <laughs> he's not really going to move the needle. But if he's sort of uh, adding depth to a team that lacks depth in a situation where they get someone else, then I I, I like the move quite a bit. So I'm probably speaking else. too soon. I'm probably speaking too soon to say that the Grizzlies are giving up on their season as, as they're definitely uh, nine games over 500 right now. But Marcus All just went down for the year. And I'm just not so sure that, that they're going to be able to finish out the season as strongly as they started it. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a team like Houston get it together. We'll have to wait and see what happens at this trade deadline further. But uh, if if Memphis is indeed looking like they're trying to move on from some players, do you think anybody else is going off their roster? I'm sorry, you, your your question cut out halfway through. You were doing off there. Do you think there's anybody going, anybody else going off of Memphis's roster? Uh, you know, hypothetically, yes, because like you, you like you talked about, Gasol has this injury situation. Uh, Mike Conley is going to be a free agent at, in the off season, and uh, it, they're not entirely sure whether or not they're going to be able to re-sign him. <laughs> Consider those two things. Zach Randolph is getting older. I think if if I was Memphis, the problem is you you know here's always a problem to me with when uh, with the, again the the cliched notion that like teams should either get better or get worse blah blah blah. Well, like Memphis, they're like you said, they're nine games over five hundred right now. Like how would they possibly? They'd have to like turn themselves into the Sixers, right? To like get a get a lottery pick of significance. Like the difference between you know the the twelfth pick and the, right, uh, so this is you know, this is why I, I'm kind of confused about what's going on with them, what they're doing here, because I mean you would argue, you have to argue that Courtney Lee is one of their better players, and he's one of the guys that they would have to rely on if they were going to do something in the playoffs. But without Marcus Saul, this team 
really does not have a stud player. Mike Connolly is the guy. Zach Randolph, like you said, is getting older, and he can perform for a little while, but who knows how long. And Jeff Green is what he's always been, kind of soft player. So question is, I mean, is Memphis really looking at this now, this Marcus Hall injury, and saying, well, let's just uh, ship off some guys we're not going to keep and see what we can get for him. No, I, I, but, but I, I think for Mem- in Memphis' case, it probably comes down to the picks, right? Then they get like four second-round picks in the scenario. They got two. Which two uh, from the Heat? What I'm looking at, they got two from the Heat and two from the Hornets. Okay, so that's what it comes well, down to. It's like the worldwide leader, the worldwide leader's trade tracker. Maybe not so much so leading worldwide. Uh, so. Do I love second-round picks? No, but, uh, you know, four, four second-round picks for Courtney Lee, who's, like you said, they, they might not be giving up on the season per se, but Courtney Lee, as as much as I enjoy him, it's, it's hard to argue that he's a core member of the team. And if you're going to get four second-round picks for him, for a team that d- is desperately lacking in youth, right, you can agree to that. Maybe they think that they can turn those four seconds into a first, or who knows, but I think it – if you're, if you're Memphis, a team with very little youth, just you know having those picks in this season makes sense to me. Do you disagree? I mean, I guess if they use them correctly, then it does make sense. I'm just not so sure how valuable second-round picks are, especially in a season like this. Are they if, – if it's for this upcoming draft and it's only supposed to be decent players for the first two or three positions here in the draft, then – What's the point of a second-round pick if if it's really going to drop off that much? I don't really buy into draft type anyway as far as the class is concerned because I don't know if it ever really pans out. You can always find a player that goes undrafted or drafted low in the second round, Isaiah Thomas, uh, that pans out. Draymond Green. Or, or there are, Draymond Green. Or there are players that you draft high, Anthony Bennett, that disappear. It happens on both so ends. Then- it's just – I don't know. So you're essentially making the argument for what I was saying, then. If you don't know, yes, but I'm saying but I, why I don't know. You do, more... do you, how valuable are they, though? And is uh, what is Memphis going to do? Are they going to use all of the picks? I, I mean, I would have a hard time. I guess I would have a hard time uh, be so getting just... on board with it if they're going to just try and flip those. If they use them correctly and they and they find some decent players on on their own with their own scouting, then good for them. Then that's great. I mean, even if they use all four, it's it's not like all four will end up on the roster, but if they can get one good player out of the four, then it was probably worth it, especially if that's a young player, right? You would think so. Yeah. Especially for a guy, I don't know Courtney Lee's contract situation. Maybe he maybe he has, is a free agent, but I, I do think that he's not a young player anymore. And I don't know, if, if I'm Memphis, I, I think that they have to start making these kind of moves now because... I, I think their window is shut. Yeah, unfortunately, it's strange to say it. a team at 31 and 22 uh, is going to have to start selling off P- assets from their roster because they're they're in trouble. But I, I mean, I'm sure the players in Memphis don't believe that, uh, and I, I bet a lot of the fans don't believe that either. And certainly, the coach is going to try and coach this team to uh, to a championship still. But it just without Marcus All, it's not going to happen. Uh, and maybe I think maybe maybe owner ownership and management has come to grips with that. Maybe the real plan behind this trade 
he's uh, turning Courtney Lee into Birdman to replace Marcus Saw. Have you considered that? Right. May maybe. Do you do you really believe what you're saying there? No, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical, man. Okay. Because Birdman basically doesn't even play. Plays like five no, minutes a game. Good. He's played in seven games. He's uh he's not going to replace perennial all star Marc Gasol. So you can just I, well, I, take that back. Uh, I, I'll take it back. I'll take it back for you. Just for you. I have I have a couple of notes. You want some notes? Yeah. Uh, the Bucks tell Michael Carter-Williams he won't be traded at, at the deadline, despite rumors uh, that he, he they are shopping him as well as Greg Monroe. Rory, how do you feel about those guys? Would you be interested in either one of them if you were another NBA team? And Do you believe that Michael Carter-Williams is off the trade block? I don't believe that anybody on that team is off the trade block besides uh, Antetokounmpo. And probably Jabari Parker, right? I feel like anybody else on that roster should be they should be considering a, a trade. And that's not to say that Greg Monroe is a bad player, because I love Greg Monroe. I would love to see the Celtics trade for him if he's on the block. Celtics should throw everything they have except for the Brooklyn pick at Greg Monroe, or at Milwaukee to get Greg Monroe. Combination of Sullinger and. Bradley and I don't know. You trade you would include Bradley pick. in your Greg Monroe trade, huh? That's interesting. So I I would I would step that. So basically, I've come to this conclusion, Calvin, over the past three days. For me, there are three players that I don't want to be traded from the Celtics: Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart. Those three guys, I want them to stick around. I think they are are special type of players, and. Jay Crowder in the sense that he has a special engine. He has a, he has a drive that I haven't seen in a long time. And I, I mean, I'm going to say that the last person to wear a Celtic uniform to have that drive is Kevin Garnett and uh, Jay Crowder, as far as just his work ethic, it seems is, is right up there. His grit and grind, if you want to call it, that is, is excellent. So I don't want to see him gone as far as that's concerned. Thomas, is a budding all-star and he's, he's really coming into his own. And I think Marcus smart is right behind him. So everybody else for me is tradable. If you can get a good deal for these guys, Avery Bradley, Sollinger, Olenek, ship them off. Well, I was going to hold off till the end to talk about the Celtics, but since we're, since we're talking about them, let's talk, let's talk about them now. I think, I think they need to make a move for it. They're on the doorstep right now. You know what I mean? They're knocking at they the door. They know they need to make a move. Yeah, I think they need to enter the house. But here's the thing: I, I don't think I don't think they need to make a move just to make a move. They have they have all these assets. I agree. That's what I'm saying. You got to get a good right? deal. They, I, well, what the things I've been hearing like they, they need to swing big. They need to throw, even if they have to overpay a little bit. I, I think that they need to get they need to get a Blake Griffin or a Kevin Love or you know, barring those two guys and Al Horford, right? I think I think any of those guys, Give me Al Horford. given what the Celtics' assets are, you love Al Horford, don't you? 
Well, I yeah, just think Al that Horford, Al, Horford, Al Horford is on that second tier, so you can keep the Brooklyn pick. If you're going to go after Blake Griffin or Kevin Love, unfortunately, you're going to have to give up that Brooklyn pick. And I, don't, I just really don't want to do that. I like the idea of the Celtics picking high in the draft and bringing a player along with the potential to be an all-star. I just like the way that is. It's, it's not Philadelphia bringing players along the wrong way in a losing environment. It, it would be the Celtics – which are a model NBA franchise, in my opinion. It, it would be like San Antonio drafting a player that high, or even Miami for that matter, or uh, the Lakers if Byron Scott wasn't there, because um, they have a history of, of bringing players into the league the right way. I think Utah does a pretty good job of it, but they just don't really draft that high that often and for, for whatever reason. Chicago is good at bringing players into the league, but there are teams out there that are just not good at it, and uh, I feel like Brooklyn is, is one of them. And so I, I feel like it's good that the Celtics have their pick. And I want to keep that pick because the Celtics are in that small group. Okay. State. Well, 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 let's uh, let's do a little Al Horford talk, right, potentially. So what? give me your best offer. I'm Atlanta's GM. Blow me away with your, with your Al Horford trade offer. Al Horford makes $12 million if that if that helps you at all. Uh, it's, it's, it's Bradley Sullinger or Olenek and both Dallas and our pick. So you would give up, you would give, you, you would give those up, um, those things up for Horford, even knowing he's a free agent after the season, just to retain yes. his bird rights. You think you could resign him? Yeah. I like, I like I, actually, I'd probably try and get Atlanta's pick back or, or just send one of the picks over. To be honest with you, but that I mean, if you're you're asking for my best offer, uh, best actually right. the best offer I, I would have is probably a future Brooklyn pick, just not the one this year. Right. Uh, yeah, that I would have to. Well, yeah, I think I think a future, I think maybe like Dallas and a future Brooklyn might be a, uh, you know what I mean, like a combo of, of one this year and then right. one sure. two years from yeah, now. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Two picks. But yeah. any of those picks, Dallas, the Celtics, the Clippers, right, whatever, right, right. or a future Brooklyn pick, that you can that that would be the best offer that I would give for Al Horford. Now, how would how would you feel? I think the Celtics, if they did try to trade for, for Horford, they see it might be smart for them to try to get Corver in that deal as well. He's only making Definitely. five million. I know he bring him. He yes, the best, yes. Yeah, he hasn't had all the best day, year. Yes. But what do the Celtics lack? Shooting, right? Like that's, that's an all that's day. Yes. Need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See, this this is the problem though, because I don't think Atlanta would be wanting to send Corver over there. The talks are that they want to send Teague, uh, and if that's the case, then you're probably, you're, I mean, you're most definitely sending Avery Bradley. But I would think if they're going to send, actually, I'm not really sure the way that Atlanta is going with this one. Are they going to rely on Dennis Schroeder, and they're, that's going to be their point guard, or would they be looking for a guy like Marcus Smart? They are trying to turn the keys over to Schroeder, and that's why T is, is uh, on the trade block. Uh, you know that and the fact that he makes eight million. But uh, from what I hear about Atlanta, is that uh, they, they don't think that they can re-sign Horford. Uh, they basically, they're trying to trade everyone but Millsap because Bazemore is going to be a free agent as well, and he's going to be looking for more money. They don't seem to want to pay him. Uh, Corver is, you know, a 34-year-old player who. Uh, you know, who knows how long he's going to, to last. But in an offense 
you know, obviously he's he's a guy who can only function uh, in an offense that creates space for him. So it you know it doesn't look like that they're particularly interested in keeping him. I mean, you know, keeping him sure, but it doesn't Man, look like Calvin. If yeah. if I had told you before the season that we were going to be sitting here at the trade or at the trade deadline at the All Star break, talking about two teams that are selling off assets, and that those teams were going to have 31 wins apiece. Would you have believed me? Because that's what we're doing right now. Two teams entrenched in the playoff race, and we're talking about them being sellers at the trade deadline, which is it just blows my mind. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it just has to do with this Capacadon that's coming up in this offseason. You know, teams are con- small market teams and teams uh, in certain situations are concerned that they're not going to be able to bring back guys like guys like Al Horford. I think that's what it comes down to. Well, I, mean, well, I think the Celtics would be yeah. able to sign him. And I, I think that, uh, uh, or I hope anyway, that Isaiah Thomas did a little recruiting in All-Star Weekend. That's the thing that people joke about and they say it, it, in jest or whatever, that, uh, in, uh, um, in articles, and they're just dropping little hints here and there. Oh, they were talking. Look, they're hugging each other in these pictures. Yeah, they're all having a good time. But seriously, I hope Isaiah Thomas talked to some of these guys and said, hey, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen this week, but – I know your contract's up. Come talk to me later, and we'll we'll see about you coming to the Boston Celtics. That would be nice, right? That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, you know we'll what? See. Before we go away from this thing, I can't believe this. We talked about the All-Star game and All-Star weekend, but we didn't even mention that the, one of the greatest players of your favorite team of all time played in his last All-Star game. You didn't get a chance to talk about your precious Kobe, Calvin. Do you want to talk about Kobe in his last All-Star game? I mean, I think Kobe got enough attention in his last All-Star game. Yes, he didn't play particularly well, but that's, that's to be expected. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad that he got his send-off, although as someone with my personality, which is that, like, I don't enjoy attention, when I watch, like, other people get that attention, and especially if they're, like, Kobe types, I find I think that makes me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I'd much rather have a Tim Duncan type, type situation where he like never actually admits he's like Tim Duncan's probably retiring after the season as well, right? But he's not getting the farewell tour just because he hasn't eh, announced it. So, I don't know. I I, I can see Tim say. Duncan coming back and just playing just, playing forever want, like a Kevin Garnett's doing. Yeah. You just want Tim Duncan to be around forever. I, I don't, don't think I don't. No, I, I, it's not even that. Like that would be great, but I, I just see him. I, I'm gonna go look and see right now and see if there's any sort of correlation between uh, his minutes and the year that he, uh, um, uh, every year as as years go go by, just to see if he, it's possible that he could just dwindle down to zero uh, after a few more years and and just uh, let it let it be that way. What do you think? So you you want Tim Duncan's career uh, and essentially ending with him being relegated to the D League after, after he, he gets replaced on the 15 man roster? Like slowly, he's one of the best players in it. That would be fine with me if he's he's still around and still doing having flashes right. of brilliance. You know that would be great. So here it is, Calvin. Starting in uh, let's just start in 2012 13 because that's when it's gone down recently. 30 minutes, 29 minutes. 28.9 minutes, actually, so that was 29.2, then 28.9. Now down to 25.7. So he could go a couple more years, play 20 minutes a game. Why not? 
Yeah, that's going down pretty slowly. I'd like, I'd like to see that go down a little, a little more precipitously. But the number that is scary, like though, is that he's had 30 double-doubles the past three years, 30-plus. This year he only has uh-huh. eight. Uh, there aren't that many games left. I don't think he's going to get another 25 double-doubles this season, so that number is going to drop drastically. So the production is not there, even though the minutes kind of are. Yeah, that's what, that's why I don't think he'll come back. I just, I yeah. just think that he's done, you know? And not only he's done, but I, I, doesn't he miss more time this season than he has in, in years past? Well, what? Sorry, say it again. Okay, hasn't he missed more time this year than he has more games? In oh yeah, he yes, he definitely uh, hasn't played as many games. I mean, he's only played in thirty-eight games this year, and if there are oh what twenty-four games left, that puts him up to uh, like seventy-two if he plays in them all. But he probably won't. So let's bring it down to mid-sixties, right? And that's the lowest he's had in the last four years. So um, he's usually a high 70s type of, of player. We'll have to wait and see what his total number is this year. But the production's not there. You can point to whatever reasons you want. Um, but either way, this is not a debate on Tim Duncan's retirement. It's yeah. just sort of a spinoff of the All-Stars talk after the trade deadline, whatever. Uh, I hope he comes back. Yeah. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move um, on to another. Hold on, hold on. I know you're trying to change change the subject here, but I got a couple of couple of things. Oh, keep going. I was going to ask you if there's anything yeah, yeah. else uh, with trade deadline. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there's one there's one big thing that I want to talk about. What do you actually? One. Uh, so the, the, we were just talking about the Hornets, and apparently the Hornets are making a big push to acquire the Rockets' Dwight Howard. Have you heard of this guy, Dwight Howard? <laughs> You remember? Uh, I can't believe that anybody wants him. If, Wait, if, if, if a team years? overpays for this guy, I'm going to lose my mind, Calvin. Yeah, do you, do you remember three years ago when uh, this guy Dwight Howard spurned the Lakers' max offer to take Houston's offer because it gave him a, a better chance to win? Remember that? Yeah. Yes, have I they, remember they, everything that he's done to ruin teams. Yes. Yeah. Have, have they won a, a single playoff series since Henry? He's a coach killer. No, they, he's they a coach killer. Win. He's a franchise yeah. ruiner. Destroyed Orlando. He crushed the Lakers' dreams. He's about to destroy I, Houston. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious that Houston does not want him back. They don't want him to. They're, they're, he's on bad terms with that team now. Like, just Dwight. Do you think Dwight ever looks in the mirror and like realizes that this entire time it's been him? Like, the Lakers got so much crap for not being able to resign this guy. When like he's burned his bridges everywhere he's gone, he's been unhappy. Hey, have you have you uh, seen these articles saying that the, the real problem in Houston is uh, James Harden? What do you think of that? Say that again. I've seen some articles arguing that the real problem in Houston is James Harden. Um, yeah, I think that there's there's it's both both ridiculous and valid. There's some validity to the argument, and not because James Harden isn't a great player, because he is. And on the court, he's valuable. But I think that the I think that the culture that James Harden fosters as your best basketball player is a problem in Houston because he's lazy. He comes into he comes into every season, save his Olympic season, out of shape. He's you know very apathetic about playing defense or just about things in general. And I think if that guy is going to be your leader, it's going to be a cancer, it's sort of cancerous notion that's going to affect the rest of your team. I couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. I'm not going to try. 
yeah. But on the other hand, he's he's too good of a basketball player, as particularly on a you know a team like Houston. Like, who? What are you going to trade James Harden for? That's that's the other thing. It's like you can't get rid of him. You sort of have to try to improve his attitude. I mean, right? His attitude is ever because what do you what are you going to get for James Harden right now in value? You know what I mean? Like, even give me an even hypothetical trade that you could make for James Harden that wouldn't set your franchise back. Uh, huh? Like the Celtics? I, I don't know. I, I don't think. Just like the Celtics in general, I don't. Th- I don't think they that they could. Another team. I mean, who would be going after James Harden? He he makes sixteen million dollars a year. Um, I don't know. I mean, right. Let's well, let's say the Phoenix Suns let's say the Phoenix Suns want to trade for James Harden, right? Who who are they shipping okay. out? I mean, it doesn't even it probably doesn't even work. They've got to yeah. they, they definitely uh, have to include yeah. Tyson Chandler's Tyson Chandler's uh, contract in there, uh, and then maybe you're throwing no, I, in Devin Booker or uh, one of your draft picks, which is going to be high. Uh, and then I mean, what what is that? How about is that a good example? I don't, think, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it does include Tyson Chandler's contract. I think you go. You go uh, Marquise Morris, obviously. You go, you go Devin Booker. Uh, Rough. You go PJ Tucker, probably. Yeah, and and some picks, and then you know I'd have to see how that matches up. You might have to, you might have to match salaries a little more with some throw-ins, but those would be the principles. Would you say Morris Tucker Booker? Yeah, Morris Tucker Booker in a first. But even then, like this, this, that, that still sets Houston back because they've gone from you. You essentially then turn Houston into the the pre-star Celtics, right? I mean, yep. No offense to the Celtics, so the, but it's like the, the, uh, Celtics the are trying to ESPN, ESPN trade machine says it works, but uh, Hollinger also says decreases the wins for the Rockets by thirteen and decreases Phoenix's wins by five. <laughs> so uh, both teams lose in this trade, according to the ESPN trade machine. I'd like to know how Hollinger figures these things out. And it, I mean, yeah. obviously it's not him. I'd like to because I feel like a lot of the time that they're they're wrong. With, it's it's based a, on yeah, the PER, course, you know. So you know that stat PER that he yeah. has, the player efficiency rating. It's based right. on the PER, and he projects what the team's rotation is going to look like after the trade. So he just looks at the at the new rotation and at, takes the PER into account and sees what's what's going to happen. No, that's that's fine. But then logically, how could it? If we're just going off straight PER, how could it make both teams worse? You know what I mean? How could it? That just that makes no sense. Well, it's but because anyway, uh, so I don't know. Harden's PER straight. is twenty five. I'm looking at the numbers too. If you want to really dig into this, Harden's PER is twenty five. The other three guys' PER is uh, eleven, ten, and twelve. So that's uh, thirty three. And then, so they combined are producing more for Phoenix right now because they're playing more in the rotation, whereas you put 25 PER into the rotation and a couple other guys below the ro- below those three players a little bit higher, it makes Phoenix worse because even though Harden's a lot better than any of these three guys, their lowest players are not making up the difference and they're becoming worse because of it. And in the same light I would think that Houston is getting rid of their best player and none of these guys can fill that void so the difference between their best player and their second best player now is making it so much worse that they're going to lose games uh, make sense yeah I can't. it 
makes some sense, just in terms of the three for one scenario, one team's depth versus the other. But I, I can't imagine Phoenix would be worse with James Harden in that scenario. I, I don't buy, I don't buy it. I don't buy your logic, college. I know you, you probably had nothing to do with it. So, um. Yeah, it's all it's just Lake numbers. Griffin. It's all numbers. And if you, I mean, if we really want to dig into the Phoenix Suns hypothetical trade for James Harden, we could, even though we just did. Um, and I would tell you exactly what their rotation is going to be, but I'm not going to dig that far into it uh, because we're going to move on. Unless you want to say anything else about the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, yeah, just one, just one more thing. Yeah, so one more. It, it looks, yeah, it, it looks like the Clippers might actually be shopping Blake Griffin. Do you, do you first of all do you believe that? And secondly, yes. how hard would you would you try to get Blake Griffin if you if you're the Celtics or or any team? I believe it, and I think unfortunately, in my mind anyway, Danny Ainge will try very hard to get Blake Griffin. But again, I think you're going to have to give up the Brooklyn pick this year in order to get Griffin. And I this is where I'm not sure about Ainge. I'm not sure if he's willing to give that thing up, uh, or if the if it's just that the Clippers to. will demand it. I think you. That's what I'm saying. I think you have to, and the Clippers will demand it. And I'm not sure if Ainge is actually willing to give it up. So that's where I'm not sure. I, like I don't know how to how to really answer the question. Me, I wouldn't give it up, but Danny Ainge, I'm not so sure. And I think that he he probably would, but ah, I wish that he wouldn't. Right. I really wish they wouldn't. Right. Forget about Blake punching this guy, obviously, because he's not going to be punching guys all the time, right? It's not like he gets in the issues all the time. So, but, but to me, Blake Griffin is, is an NBA superstar. Could, could Ben Simmons be that good someday? Potentially. But you, we're talking about a sure thing in Blake Griffin. There's nothing Blake Griffin is bad at. He's perfect for your team. Like, I, I, I don't understand why you'd be so hesitant to make that deal, other than the fact that you don't like Blake Griffin personally. Not it's not a personal vendetta against Blake Griffin. Uh, I just I don't like his game, Calvin. I never I never had. I don't like the fact that he's trying to expand it and, and take jumpers. Although I know that that's the way the league is going. You crazy old man. Uh, but I just you say that he does everything well, and I, I just I, I still don't think that his decision making is very good now. I, I suppose that I shouldn't denounce any player until they fit into this or get into this system because I think Brad Stevens has done wonders with a lot of different guys. So if he has somebody of uber talent, aside from like DeMarcus Cousins, who's just a total head case, I think at least Blake Griffin realizes what he made a mistake and he lost his head and he probably is a little cooler than than that, you know? I should probably be open to the to the fact that an all-star could be coming here and fitting into Brad Stevens' system. But the other thing is that he's hurt right now, right? And then he's going to have to face that suspension unless that's a Clipper suspension or is that a that league suspension? I believe I, I would imagine Ainge would have to uphold the suspension. So he's going to miss those games as well. Uh, you're not looking at your team being any better right now, I don't think, because he's. I don't know if you're really going to be able to fit him in that well. And so it's really just more of a long-term move. So in that regard, I would say 
who are you are you are you trading off? Are you giving them any players, or is it just a pick? Because if it's just no. a pick and a couple of, of non-rotation players, then that's fine with me at this point. But if you're going to give up the pick and some players that that I like or that you as an organization like, then I'm just not I'm not sure that getting Blake Griffin for 15 games in the regular season, if that, not even probably, is really worth it. Well, well, again, if you're getting him for 15 games, he has a broken hand, not a broken ankle. So I, I don't, I don't think the the potential for him coming back and, uh, you know, not being close to himself or pretty much himself by the end of the regular season, I, I don't think that that's a high risk scenario. He's not coming off an ACL. Rory, he's shooting 51% this year, scoring 23 points a game, nine rebounds, and five assists. Your power forward is getting five assists on a team with Chris Paul, by the way. They have a great like, roster out there in, in Los Angeles, don't they? Great yeah, team. Thanks to, thanks to Blake Griffin. Great team in L.A. Wow. No respect for Blake. That's fine. I'll, I'll just move on past that for now. I'm he, just saying the guy's good at everything. But uh, I just think, yeah, you will have him for this season in the playoffs. Blake last year – in the playoffs last year – Blake destroyed the NBA, or at least, you know, the two teams. He basically single-handedly beat the Spurs. Uh, and, you know, he played well against the Rockets. There, there were times when he disappeared, obviously. But I, I think... Well, just stay inside the three-point line, please. Tell him to stay inside the three-point line, and he can play here all he wants. I don't, but that's the problem. So, In Brad Stevens' system, he's going to probably be jacking threes. That's They allow everybody to shoot threes here. I don't want a guy that shoots so, poorly from the three-point line to be allowed to shoot threes in this system. Oh, so so what you're saying is you're angry that he's taking his 0.6 three-point attempts per game this year? Is, Wait, is it's, that it's, what you're saying? That, it's more than his career. It's more than his career. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't need to take him through any threes at all. That's right. That, that's fine. But you're but you you're mad that he's taking too many threes when he takes a, when he takes one three every two games. He's not allowed to take threes. He's not allowed to take threes in Los Angeles for good reason. I'm saying if he were to come to the Celtics, they'd probably let him jack shots, and it's not. I just don't see it fitting. I don't see it working. He's also hitting 35% of those. It's better than Jared Sullinger. You know, Jared Sullinger shoots threes. I don't want Jared Sullinger shooting threes either. Wait, I'm just saying. The Celtics let him do it. All right. All right, we need to move on. So let it go. All right. All this speculation is hurting my head. So now we get to debate. We get to debate what the best weird food items are. Calvin, are you excited about this? Uh, we'll see how this goes. It could go either way. I'm, exci- I'm excited to find out whether or not I'll hate it. <laughs> Maybe you'll just hey, be inspired to go order something new for dinner. Perhaps. Hello, Liz. Hello, Liz. Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, hey, Liz. Have you have you checked out the Garden Report from Jared Weiss recently? Um, You know, I tend to check it out every now and then. It's pretty good. I bet you do. It's on YouTube.com slash CLNS Radio. The great Jared Weiss. His Garden Report. He's in the locker room. It's crazy. Check it out. Crazy. On your computer. Okay, Liz. So yeah. you're going to tell Calvin and I something. I don't know. How's this going to go? You tell me. 
Well, first of all, I wanted to see if you guys like the dunk contest. Did you guys already talk about it? <laughs> the whole dunk contest? Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah, Liz missed the, fr- the first few minutes of the show here, Calvin. So, Sorry, Liz, uh, what, Liz Sorry. why don't you tell Sorry. us what you thought of the dunk contest? Because uh, I was with you when I watched it. It was amazing. True. I think that the dunk contest is one of my favorite things every year. I never get tired of it. And I think the best part are the reaction shots. We were like dying every time they were showing the the crowd for the reaction shots. Yeah, Calvin. Like, every time they every time they showed Andrew Wiggins on the crowd or, or on the screen, I did the same thing that he was doing in the bar. <laughs> it was let me awesome. Ask, what did you think, let, me ask you, let me ask you this question, Liz. Uh-huh. Do you think that if speaking of Andrew Wiggins, do you think that Andrew Wiggins at all uh, looks like uh, Chris from The Wire? Oh, I guess I could see that. I was trying to think yeah. if Wiggins was the one that that our friend Matt kept calling the weekend, and I can't. No, that's <laughs> Alfred. Him. That's Alfred Payton. Uh, Wiggins was the one oh. wearing the sparkly jacket in the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, the jacket. That was great. That's also the other thing that I love is like how outrageous they look during the the dunk contest, like on the sidelines. It's like they wear like costume. Like costume dress up clothes. Insane. It is it's insane. Fun, man. I like it or, yeah, no, it's super fun. And right. like anything with Jack involved, I know is your favorite. So he's the best. All right, Liz, I think Calvin's okay. fed up with All Star Weekend talk. It's over for him. He's moved on. Wow. And You're also, not. if I may, if I may put my own two cents in, I really like Blake Griffin in general, just as like funny guy. So I'm into it. Like funny guy, bring him here. Have him be funny, funny on the guy. big screen. Funny guy on the big screen. Okay, like, so I saw cast? this list of um, I saw this list of like ridiculous candy that has been released uh, recently, and so I wanted to propose some weird food items to you that exist and see if you would actually eat them, or if you have eaten them. Like one of the things okay. on the list were those chips that I know. Like the gyro chips. Oh yeah, you those tried, right? I, I have had those. They were I I wouldn't have them again. Wait a second. Wait a second. Are okay. you referring euro chips? Euro chips, yes, euro chips. Euro, euro, euro. Not not chips from Europe. Euro. Okay. Euro. Yes, Lay's euro uh, flavored okay. chips. They they were not they were not very good. Okay. Yes. So. So the newest the newest candy item that's going to be out for like Easter time is um, a carrot cake Hershey Kiss. Huh. Would you eat a carrot cake Hershey Kiss? Yeah. I mean, I need more information. Is this chocolate with carrot cake flavor, or is it just yeah, like so carrot cake shaped a like white... a kiss? <laughs> that would be just that would be disgusting. It wouldn't stay good. It's it's a white chocolate uh, Hershey Kiss, and it's bright orange, and it tastes like carrot cake supposedly. Yeah, I'd try that. I'd see what it was about for sure. I'd try it. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. I don't know if I would. I don't really like white chocolate. Okay. Um what about an apple pie Kit Kat? Weird. Hmm. Um yeah. I I feel like does it have like cinnamon in it probably? In the wafer maybe? It looks like the wafers are like regular wafers, like just straight up regular wafers. 
But then it's like a white chocolate, like cinnamony, apple-y filling type thing. And it's, filling? It's also... Yeah, like in between the wafers is apple. And then around, yeah, but... it's coated in like a white chocolate. Okay. I'm going to say no, because the combination <laughs> of, of apple pie, which I love, and the chocolate, which I also enjoy, it sounds repulsive to me. And... I don't like Kit Kats that much. Controversial opinion alert. Not into well, Kit Kats. Where, where's like the first one? Oh, Whoa! Sorry, Rex. It's loud. Wait, uh, we're Rex. not into the second one, I guess. But I, I would, I would try the second one. You would try it. I feel like I'd try it. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd see what it was about. I'm, I don't know if I would eat it. I like apples. Apple flavor. A, it's good it's stuff. Well, to eat Okay. Um, almost anything. Would you try? So, gonna be tough. It's not very weird yet. <laughs> I know. These are two different pop tart flavors. I don't know if you like pop tarts. Um, maple bacon. So it's like maple cinnamon filling with like bacon flakes on top. Or would you try a watermelon pop tart? Okay, I'm gonna say yes on maple bacon, and the reason being is everybody knows that. Uh, Cinnamon and brown sugar, pop tarts are the best flavor, and I feel like yeah, maple bacon. Yeah, it wouldn't be that far away from that. You hmm. know what I mean? Because it sort of looks mapley anyway. I don't know. There's so, just something about bacon and a pop tart. I'm I'm not buying that bacon pop tart. I'm not in on that one. It is. It is I'm literally coming like bagels. I'm out on the watermelon though. I feel like also. Oh, I'd be in on watermelon, like, so I guess uh, we're both getting yeah. a snack. Like for breakfast, you'd have a watermelon pop tart, or just a yeah. snack. Can we, is, can we get a medium here? That's better, I guess. It, here's the thing: watermelon, delicious, perhaps one of our best fruits, but watermelon is also one of our worst artificial flavors. Flavors, yeah, I have, like it. it. Yeah, watermelon is an artificial uh, flavor; is terrible, and it tastes nothing like watermelon. I like it. I like watermelon it. bubble gum, watermelon uh, Italian ice. Yeah, no, nope. yeah, I'll I eat all that. I get Italian like ice, what the hell? That's a, I guess maybe you guys have those over there. Yeah, you don't have Italian ice? Whatever. Uh, what's next, Liz? Um, okay. Um, so there was a limited edition Ben & Jerry's ice cream, and it was purple sweet potato ice cream with chunks of purple sweet potato. No. No. Nope. 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 Don't like sweet potato. <laughs> Same. I like I'm sweet not potatoes sweet in certain potato. forms, but definitely not in the ice cream form. So uh, double wrong for that one. Okay. Um, would you eat red velvet Oreos? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Like Although, it's yeah. Weird. It weirds me out that the filling is like flavored, and it's and it's not refrigerated whatsoever. You know what I mean? Yeah, but can I say I am. Uh, pushing back against the red velvet movement. Like, red velvet's okay, but, like, America, <laughs> calm down about red velvet already. I, I kind of push back against uh, randomly flavored Oreos in general. I, You know what? I don't really like Oreos, period. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, if oh, they're no. there, I guess I'll have one, but I'm not going to go out and buy Oreos. And so the the random flavors for Oreos, it's I just don't care for any of them. So. Right. I would I try it. I'm bring the heat. Bring in the heat. Oreos, no thanks. Okay. Um, all right. So that was 
so you know Dum Dum Lollipops, like the little ones, little guys? Uh-huh. Yep. They came out with two new flavors. One is bacon, and one is, is pizza. Well, the one fig pizza? Just fig bacon? Pizza? No, just pizza. pizza. Oh, pizza. just pizza? Bacon pizza. and pizza. Not the same thing. Bacon in one, pizza in the other. Maybe if you put them both yeah. in your mouth, they would be good. But uh, I'm out on the pizza one. I'm kind of intrigued by the bacon lollipop. I'd probably at least try it. Uh, but no on the you, pizza. You, I don't I don't like pizza flavoring. I, if I want a pizza flavoring, i got to go get pizza, okay? You're inconsistent, Rory. You just a minute ago talked about you just, you're not wanting bacon and your maple bacon flavor, which also had, ma- had maple, too. Yeah, that's a pop-tart. Nah, that's a pop-tart. Bacon. Nah, that's a yeah. pop-tart. Yeah, nah. yeah, no bacon in a pop-tart, but you'd eat a pop-tart. Nah. A popsicle, a bacon popsicle. No, it's a lollipop. Oh, popsicle, lollipop. It's not a popsicle. Lollipop, sorry. Bacon lollipop, bacon popsicle sounds a little more strange. But a dum dum lollipop, it's very small. You can get rid of it quickly. I'm trying them both because they're small. Like can you rice? also imagine, like, like you know the dum dum lollipops have, like, the mystery flavors? Can you imagine, like, getting a mystery flavor and having oh, it be, pizza. like, bacon or pizza? Because I'll piss off for greatness. That's what I would be. I'd be right. pissed off for greatness I have, if I got that. <laughs> I have two left. Okay. Um, right. Calvin might answer this differently because I know he doesn't like milk. Murray, do you like milk? Are you a milk fan? Yeah, I don't really drink milk anymore, but I used to drink a lot of milk. So there's a line of, of uh, Peeps-flavored <laughs> milk. Peeps is in the marshmallows. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't really... Do the the flavored milk aside from the traditionals, like uh, chocolate and even strawberry, but that's about it. You're a traditional. I like coffee milk personally. But yeah, I don't even go that far. Uh, Peeps milk, Calvin, would you try it? No. Mm, no. No. There's also like nope. It's like eggnog. No, Gross. definitely not. And, definitely not. Also, also, do you guys like Peeps? I don't like Peeps. Oh, yeah, I like some peeps. Saying, wait, are you saying peeps, like marshmallow peeps? Yeah. Yeah, like marshmallow peeps. Oh, no, those are also disgusting. They have those, okay. those two horrible tastes that go horrible together. <laughs> it's like with like, the cereal. Like the milk that comes out of cereal. Like, I don't drink that milk. That milk is dead. Oh, yeah, I drink that yeah. milk. I'll do that. Yeah. I I will eat, like, a bowl of, like, Lucky Charms. And I will have like a glass of milk with it, so I would eat it and then like wash it down with milk. That's how. That's ridiculous. All right, last thing. Um, there was a Doritos, uh, brand called Roulette Chips, and it was it's like spicy Doritos, but some of them are like super super spicy. So it's like roulette, like you. Oh yeah, I've had those. Adam. Yep, you I have. Them? Yep. I have. I have. Yep. They're good. What did you think? They are good, and the roulette, the roulette chips are significantly spicier. They yeah. actually are really spicy. Yeah. So yeah, because some of the some of the, the ones, some of the like spiciest ones, like I had to I had to stop eating them, but they were good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I read I, that it like it made somebody like stop breathing. They like inhaled oh, it, and they had to like revive them. <laughs> wow. I, I like them because they handle them. Well, I, I like them because the un, the unfathomably spicy ones 
are tethered with a regular one. So you can sort of grab a handful and put them in your mouth. And, like, the regular ones sort of, like, balance out with the ridiculously spicy ones. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. But then if you find that you just want to eat one and you take over the ridiculously spicy one, then you're in big trouble. They are still delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I want some right now, actually. Got to find those. Ship them to me. The roulette what is the Calvin? What are the Doritos that you eat all the time that are disgusting? Spicy tacos. Who me? Yes. <laughs> what are the Doritos? They're like spicy taco Doritos. I don't eat taco Doritos. I dare you. Doesn't have any. Anyways, it's terrible. Yeah, they're crunchy. Oh, spicy tacos. Right? Are you talking about, about, about spicy nacho? Oh, spicy nacho. Yeah, that's gross. Uh yeah, that sounds. Kevin, are, Wait, are tacos spi- that soft is, or isn't that or the hard? regular one? But it's spicy. What do you mean that's gross, Liz? Oh, you just don't like spicy yeah. things. That's all. But they're not spicy. They're like nacho cheese Doritos with like a it. little bit more kick. They're not spicy. spicy. Okay, we I just spent be, 15 like, minutes on food to... items that were weird, but actually not that weird. So th- how about that? Thank you, Liz. How about that? Good. weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they really were that weird. Some of them were a little strange, but others, definitely not. And Great. I'll be looking Very for unique. them on my in my grocery store. Great. Great. Try it out. Thanks for the info. Some delicious stuff. Yep. Looking forward to it. Great. Thanks, Liz. All right, guys. See you. That was fun. Good night, Liz. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, all right, all right, Calvin. We have 15 minutes left here, and yeah. a uh, a more serious topic to touch on. Yeah, Peyton why don't we just talk about this for a few minutes and call it a day? How do you like that? Peyton Manning. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning is in the news again. It seems like every, I don't know, four to five years, this story creeps up again somehow. Uh, But uh, the story about Peyton Manning being in the athletic trainer's room in Tennessee and uh, playfully rubbing his genitals on a female trainer's face is back in the news. And I say playfully in quotes because... That's uh, that's how he would describe it, I'm sure, if he was really told the truth or, to, or given the truth serum, because he's explaining it away as he was trying to moon another teammate, uh, and th- and that her description is is uh, false, completely false. Then I asked you, Peyton you, Manning. You, hold on, I asked Peyton Manning if if the accusations are false, why? Have you settled twice with this woman over the past ten years? He sounds guilty to me, Calvin. I was gonna say I know I know where you stand in this scenario. Yeah, seriously. One, like, do I do I know what happened in that scenario? No, no, I don't. No, but I don't either. Do I think that I, I think that there's, there's I have a multi-layered response to this. First of all. It's just fascinating to me that, like, 
I didn't know anything about, about this until recently. The media was like not really talking about it, and all of a sudden it becomes this huge story because uh, a harassment suit was filed against the University of Tennessee for their policy about something connected to Peyton Manning over 20 years ago. It's amazing to me that like all of a sudden that's popping out now. Two, I love I love the Peyton Mooning nickname that's coming around now. I know I shouldn't, but I just find, I just find it hilarious. I I didn't even Three. know that that was going around. Yeah, it's pretty strong, right? Yeah, it's pretty strong. That's oof. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, do you, I don't know. I mean, this is this is like a how many how many nationwide jingle commercials can you come up with related to this? Uh, endless. Probably can't say on these airwaves. Not not, not on the airwaves. Like, do I think that Peyton Manning should have been punished duh, 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 for what, duh, for what happened? Like, sure, he probably, but like, I, I think that like, I don't know, arresting him for sexual assault seems seems a little harsh to me, even if even like, even if right. Uh, so you know, I, I mean, of what happened leans leans towards uh, farther towards what actually happened. Do I find that repulsive? Yes. But in a situation where, like, there's there's an other people in the room, do I think that he was attempting to sexually Listen, assault he's, a woman? He's yeah, not, he he he's uh, he's settled twice. He's not getting arrested for this. This is just going to be getting dragged through the mud. This is Tennessee. No, now. I know, but but that's what this lawsuit is about. So he's he's not getting arrested for this. He he's not going to face any penalty for any of this. No, stuff. I know. We don't want to. No, don't no, want no to but, paint people, that. but people are talking about Peyton Manning like he's a rapist. Like getting away with something, I, mean, I just want to tone that rhetoric down a little bit. Like, yeah, I would, I would agree with yeah. that. I would, I would agree with that yeah. too. But like, yeah. I don't know just, do the think, fact that he, was, he that he claims he's totally right. innocent. I don't buy that. That's where I, that's what I was getting at. I find it obviously stupid and, and childish, and something that a, you know a twenty-two-year-old Peyton Manning, like even a twenty-two, should probably not do to another adult. Even not even. He was probably he was probably like nineteen years old. I don't I don't know what year it, it was, but was he actually twenty two when the when the accusations happened? But because when he's in college, he's know. probably he may not even have been that old. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. Maybe he's nineteen. You still at that point like should probably know like probably be past the like junior right. high level, especially if you're uh, the quarterback at a major and, college university. I just. Here's my thing. It's like, well, well, that's it's, it's, that's why that's where that's, Calvin. That's where it turns to Tennessee, though, and that's why the school is the one that's under the microscope in this lawsuit. I guess, yeah. Again, so do you think that the school would still be under this lawsuit if they had done something like like uh, you know suspended suspended it for a game or two games? That seems like a fair punishment to me for that scenario, but it doesn't seem fair to in that scenario to like expel him or to like. So you know, I would I would like say that, especially like at that time, especially at that time when scandal was not maybe I don't want to say not as prevalent, but not as wide widely known when things happened. It would it would be localized. You wouldn't really get that national presence back then of sort of any sort of uh, college scandals unless they were some big time things, you know. So this this is something that maybe would have been swept under the rug if they had suspended him and punish him for a game or two, then I think you would be able to argue that that was warranted and there, there probably wouldn't have been any sort of lawsuit. Right. I guess the, I guess when you're talking about sweeping things under the rug, 
that's the problem with suspending him for that game or two is that uh, if he's the quarterback of Tennessee and, you know, they're one of the top-ranked teams in the country while he's there, uh, it's going to be hard to explain turns, that away. Yeah. Right, we exactly. That turns national. Finding out. Right, right, and it turns national. So it's interesting. I don't know what their policy is, you know, in other situations. Maybe this, if this is just part of a pattern, then I think that, it, that it's fair to bring up now. But I, I think to, to, like, criticize the university for not responding quickly enough, you know, in a single situation, like 20 years ago, seems a little a little nitpicky at this point, but I, I think that it, it doesn't sound like it's that. It sounds like it's, you know, a pattern of, of failure in the university's part, but I also don't have enough experience to know if that's so, accurate or I don't, if it's I don't a little also, Yeah, it, let's, let's not – we don't need to get into the details of the whole lawsuit because we're just really glossing over the, a, a much larger picture that a lot of people are focusing on Peyton Manning for. So I think what you're you're saying as far as toning down the rhetoric is concerned, I think is a valid point because this this is not about Peyton Manning, and that's what what I think I I want to get out there as far as what I'm going to say. This is about Tennessee again. This is not about Peyton Manning. Maybe it's it's about something that he did, which was a part of a a bigger problem where they created a hostile environment, like the lawsuit alleges. So at that point, take Peyton Manning's name out of it. Take his fame out of it. Sure, he settled twice. To me, that means he's, he's guilty of things that are, he's, accused, he's previously accused of. And in, in that regard, he, he, did his, he did his time. He settled, right? He paid, he paid her off. Fine. This is not about him anymore. It's about the school and the environment that they are creating, and if it's still going on, possibly, and I would hope not, and if for them to rectify that situation, if it is, and to sort of deal with what, I mean, they're going to probably have to settle with these people here, or they're going to lose the lawsuit, right? Either way, they need to they need to pay for what was created back then, if it's if it's true. Yeah, I guess that we'll. You know, we'll find out as that lawsuit develops, although maybe we won't because it probably won't be covered as much as the fact that the story has essentially become about, hey, you remember that time in college being Manny Moon to go? And I just I just hate the just the media witch huntness of it all. The issue that's already been dealt with personally, he's only been named as an example and not yeah, he's not being called out specifically by anybody. It's just you know, been reported and people who didn't have this information are all of a sudden Leaning so, at the same time and becoming this big just, issue just for to, no apparent reason. Just to give a little a little context, I, let's let's uh, talk about some people that aren't even Peyton Manning. But I don't know. Maybe you'll find this amusing. Maybe you won't. It, uh, it depends on who's listening out there, I suppose. But here are a couple other uh, people that are cited in this lawsuit. This is from Deadspin. I'm reading right off uh, off of the the lawsuit right now that they've highlighted here. In the fall of 1994, Philip Fulmer, who was the coach back then. Um, or actually, I don't even know. It was former the coach at that point in 1996? Yeah, he was the coach. Okay, so he made comments while working on while this woman was working on his toe in the physician's office. He said, "Jamie, you like big men, don't you?" And she felt that that was inappropriate and reported the incident to uh, 
somebody, the uh, head athletic trainer, Mike Rolo, and uh, another coach, Dick O'Brien. And she was alleging that Fulmer was hitting on her when he was, she was working on his foot because of the things that he said there. And that was the one quote that they put in there. Uh, they, other athletes and uh, coaches made numerous inappropriate remarks when she was doing squats, according to her, and numerous remarks about her breasts, referring to them as midgets, large enough to be humans. And she complained of those things, but nothing was done. And uh, I guess... That's it for now. Go. Yes, I, I read that Richard's comment, and I didn't know if that implied small or large. Thanks for the clarification on that. Yeah, no problem. It made no sense, it made no sense to me at the time. Um, so it, this, this, I guess my issue here is that, again, we, one, the, the, the timing of this is going to make it difficult to, uh, you know, as, collaborate or establish the reality of what happened in any circumstance that far back. People's memories are bad. Like, you probably ask Bill Fulmer about that incident now. He's not going to remember, although I I find I find the idea of him trying to hit on somebody funny in a weird way. I don't know. Maybe just because I'm picturing Bill Fulmer. But um, if she was subjected to that kind of abuse in the workplace, obviously we have workplace sexual harassment laws for a reason. Uh, you, and you goes inappropriate, and she's probably well within her, you know, rights to sue the school. But I, I think she probably, it was probably in her best interest to do that earlier, although um, maybe not. So if this thing goes on, and some some of these things are worse than others. So I'll, I'll let you, uh, people out there go and read the whole thing for themselves. But here's just a couple more. Um, the name withdrawn was at a car wash for DRI at a Central Baptist Church, and he was extremely disruptive and wets down a female reporter by dumping a bucket over her head, uh, trying to give her a wet T-shirt, uh, who was interviewing the, the woman who's alleging this. She reported the incident to the head of athletic trainer, and he escalated that up the um, – up pain and they found that the the actions of the athlete are not unexpected of the age group and don't constitute sexual harassment and then she wrote a letter to the head athletic trainer concerning sexual harassment discrimination setups and when she got back to work she found a new computer a barbie doll a plastic car and a quote on the door which stated she doesn't respect how things are done here men should be head of all things i'm assuming that came from Mike Rolo, the head athletic trainer. So this guy is named a lot more than Peyton Manning. And if you want to get to the root of the problem, this is the guy that was enabling all these kids to come in and do things like Peyton Manning was uh, or is accused of doing. I think it it also just comes down to the the macho posturing of major college football locker room. You know, like, do I think it's probably not the only place this, this kind of thing is going down, right? Maybe it's the only place where, you know, you can potentially get generals rub against you, but the rest of it, just the, the run-of-the-mill sexual harassment, it doesn't seem like uh, something that you might find out of place in, in in any football locker room. But what would I know? I haven't been in one in a while. Yeah, there are a couple of other things that I definitely can't say on the air here, so I urge you uh, all to go out there and uh, and read it yourself because it's crazy. Some of some of the things that are that were, this woman was subjected to uh, at the University of Tennessee, or she is alleging she was uh, she was exposed to 
at Tennessee. And I mean, for somebody to come out with a lawsuit this strong, you have to, you have to tend to believe it. Right. So it just, until, until you see what the, the Tennessee defense documents state, then um, I, there's, there's the public is going to look at them as, as the, as the, the problem here. And that's, that's what the big story is. It's not necessarily Peyton Manning. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like they did anything back then. So it'll be interesting to see what their defense is now in this lawsuit. It will be, I mean, you know, it sounds like they'll probably end up settling, but, um, I yeah, would think so. Well, let's we'll see how long it takes, but either way, um, we are running out of time. I didn't even realize it. We talked about Peyton Manning and this Tennessee thing for a while. Yeah, I guess it worked out perfectly. Run that All right. Good stuff. That's it. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. Go download our app and uh, have some fun. That's it. Good night, everyone. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.